Hey, this is Jim, pastor of Decided Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope the sermon you're about to hear just blesses your heart and really encourages you. If you don't mind, subscribe. That way you'll get instant notifications every time a sermon is uploaded. And by all means, if you're feeling led to give, click on the giving link and there'll be more directions to follow. God bless. Enjoy the message. Stay outside and we're able to come in together and and worship the Lord. Uh, For those of you that don't know, my name is Dylan and my claim to fame is uh, being married to that beautiful woman right there. So always, anytime I get on stage, I have to, I have to say that. I'm, I'm proud of her, so I, uh, men, I encourage you to do the same, you know, for your wives. Um, you gotta, you got to build them up, right? you you got to be proud of them and, and what you have. So um, today, uh, we're going to be finishing up Ephesians uh, chapter 3. So pretty exciting stuff here. We've uh, kind of had a little bit of a break. You know, we had uh, Jim started us off in Ephesians and then we had, uh, you know, the revival and then we had uh, Father's Day come up. So it's been a little bit um, of time, but I want to start today with a little bit of a question. And maybe you guys, uh, some of you are in here, but is there anyone that really loves to go like, like see the night sky or go outside and like maybe even have like a telescope or something? Yeah. Some, some, you got some star people in here. Okay, cool. Um, today we're going to uh, you know, really kind of look at the the vastness of God, and so you know some of that kind of starts with the, the the sky, just looking up sometimes. And and if you haven't done so, um, you guys need to make your way out to Kansas. You know, I'm up on stage. I had to talk about Kansas again. Last time I talked about farming and all that stuff, but you know, this time I'm, I'm going to keep it a little bit, you know, low key. It's not going to be too, too much Kansas this time, but um, the, the night sky in Kansas is just absolutely remarkable. And the reason for that, there is actually a little bit of science behind it because um, there's something called light pollution. I don't know if you knew that or not, but there's something called light pollution. And, and you know, being around um, heavily uh, occupied areas, there's a lot of light. And so what that does is it actually casts um, kind of a, a, a fog or a haze over, and you actually can't see the stars as well because of all the light. And so, as you know, in Kansas, there's not a lot of light. There's not a lot of people out there, right? So, so the sky is actually a lot more clear and a lot more beautiful. And um, I can't really take you guys to, to Kansas right now. I can't take you there, but I'm going to try to bring a little Kansas here, if that's okay. So if, if, you, if you'll allow me, let, let's, let's go a little stargazing. So these, all these pictures you see are actually taken from Kansas. Now, they've been altered a little bit, but that I can tell you from firsthand experience that this is, this is pretty close, pretty close to what you will see out there. Had to have a windmill in there somewhere. All right, that's great. Go ahead and bring the lights back up, guys. Thank you so much. Um, so just, I don't know about you guys, but anytime I look up into the night sky like that, it just, just makes me realize how insignificant I really am sometimes and, and how, you know, my problems sometimes don't seem as big as they are, you know, looking up. 
But um, Jim did a fantastic job a couple weeks ago uh, going the first part of this sermon series of going through Ephesians 3, uh, 1 through 13. Uh, and his sermon title was Immeasurably More, dot, dot, dot. Does anybody remember it? Then meets the eye. Then meets the eye. Yeah, he had the VR goggles. You guys remember? He was talking about, you know, spiritual um, vision and stuff like that. So Immeasurably More, Then Meets the Eye. And I get the privilege of going through 14 through 21. So the ending of chapter 3 here. And my sermon's title today is Immeasurably More, dot, 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 than you believe. Today's verses are actually a prayer that Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and, and they're pretty powerful words for us here. And I'm going to explain a little bit more of, of, of that prayer and kind of why it's uh, located here. But, you know, we always think of, you know, the Bible and the verses and, and chapters and all those numbers always being there. Because we, you know, we reference them, we study them, you know, you memorize your verses, but those those numbers and and all of that were not always there. You know, they the original manuscript was was written as a letter to the Ephesians, right? So so Paul wrote this out. So the the purpose of this prayer in the middle is going to be made kind of known here in a little bit. But th there was a reason for it being right there, and it, the the initial intent was to read it in succession. So it if taken out of context can be a little bit weird, but going to make a little more sense later on, but if you guys could do me a huge favor, we're going to stand for the reading of God's Word today. We're going to be in Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do, check it out, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that the powerful words you've provided for us today is able to penetrate the hearts of these people, that they are able to take what they hear from your will through my mouth and my heart to apply it to their lives and open their minds and hearts to receive it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Awesome. So um, today we're going to go a little, um, like what I like to call Baptist. We're going to go verse by verse, okay? We're going to be a little Baptist today. going to go verse by verse um, and go back and start it in verse 14. Okay, so the verse 14 here starts with, for this reason I kneel before the Father. So we're, we're stopping there. We're going to take a, take a little pit stop right here. And from the start, the very first three words here, for this reason are super important, okay? Super important because it, it really provides the purpose and reasoning why Paul has this prayer here, okay? I was talking about that, you know, how, you know, the letter or the, the numbers and everything were listed out, but the reason here, he's, he's putting this to show you why the prayer is here in the middle. Some other translations even have, instead of for this reason, they have so, or uh, other translations has because of this. The reason Paul puts this here is it's a transition into 
the things I'm about to say for this reason. So everything that I've already talked about, everything that, you know, Jim and everybody else talked about for this reason, those things that we talked about, the next part, what I'm about to say is going to be important. That's what that means for this reason. And that provides us with what I like to call a hinge. Okay, this provides us a hinge of a door that is, te- is, is spiritually closing, all right, it's closing on the first three chapters of Ephesians, and it's opening into the next three. Okay, and what I mean by that is this, this verse, this prayer hinges those first three verses, which actually uh, is, is a way, and, we, and Jim did such a great job of doing this, that the first three chapters um, were really how we believe, okay? So with this, with this prayer, it's, it's closing that door of how we believe and, and your purpose of our belief, the underlying circumstances, the specifics, and the reasons of why we believe. And the door opens now to the next three verses, which is how we should behave. So let me give you that one more time. So where this verse is closing to how we believe. So it's kind of giving you the information of like, of, of the background of what we believe and how we believe. And then this, this prayer is going to open the door of how we then should behave because of what we believe. So back on topic a little bit, you couldn't, didn't realize there's so much to be said with just three words, huh? For this reason, I, I, was, I was on five minutes about that. That's okay. Next, next part of this is I kneel before the father. For, the, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. I love what Paul says here because it kind of gives you that, that humble picture of Paul, of, of just showing you kind of where his heart is. You know, he says, I kneel before the Father. And I, I think it's also another reminder of, uh, you know, talking about his humility of kind of where he's writing from. You know, because he, he was not writing from a favorable circumstance right now. Um, and it's just showing you kind of, and maybe even it's even emulating how the Ephesians should behave. So let's move on. Verse 15, it says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And this is an interesting verse here because um, the Lord led me to this word family this week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to geek out in the Greek if you guys can let me, okay? Can, can I geek out in the Greek for a second? Cool. All right. It says uh, the Greek word uh, for family actually here that, that Paul uses uh, actually can be translated more like father or fatherhood. So that really hit home for me, obviously, being a dad. But it's interesting because it says every family or every father in heaven and on earth derives its name. It's all a call back to lineage. It's a call to unity. It's a call to show that we are all together in this binding agent that locks us in, which is our heavenly father. So Jim talked about that unity a little bit last week. And Paul is just echoing it again here in verse 15 from whom every family derives its name. And so moving on to verse 16, and Paul's going to start praying over four different things for the Ephesians, okay? He has four different separate prayers here, and uh, you know, I I have to give you some sort of remembering device, right? Last time I did the yoga whippy dimmy dum, right? Okay. Now this, it's not going to be as crazy this time. It's just going to be four words, right? He prays for four Ps. He prays for power, posture, passion, and then perception. Okay, he prays for four Ps. And the first one in verse 16 is power. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. There's that word, through his spirit in your inner being. And, you know, power, a lot of us know this power, but 
what are we really doing about it? When we read this, we may think that Paul may even have like a specific audience because he says that, uh, may I strengthen you, right? It says that, may he strengthen you with his power through your inner being. So you may think, well, he's probably just talking to the one person or, or maybe like, um, you know, the group of just Ephesians. But actually, what's also interesting here, again, I told you I was going to geek out in the Greek a little bit today. But in, in the Greek here, that you actually is of a collective body. Okay, it's, it's like a, it's the collective church. It's, he's talking about you as, as everybody in the, in, in the congregation. And for us in the South here, we wouldn't say you here. We would probably say y'all, okay? So that's, that's what happened there. He's saying that he may strengthen y'all, okay? Everybody, everyone in, in this room um, through your inner being. But the, he's saying everybody may be strengthened with the power through his spirit and everyone's inner being. And he's not, he's not downplaying God here by, by using the word you here and not limiting what he can do. He's saying that the powers not only can affect the masses, but it can also affect you intimately. His power is sufficient to, to supply every single one of our needs, but he can, it's, it's sufficient to supply Brandon's need. It's sufficient to supply uh, Mark's, uh, well, Mark's life and his, his, his journey, okay? So it's, it's, not, it's a you in the sense of everybody, but it's also intimate here, guys, very intimate. Next thing Paul prays for, so the first one was power. Next one is posture. And that's verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So, so posture, you know, when you first hear that word, it made me think of, you know, I've been told many, many times that I have terrible posture. Like I just, I don't stand, uh, I don't stand upright like I should. I have this terrible hunch in my back, you know. Uh, some of you guys are probably, you know, fitness minded and you could probably tell me a little bit of like, you know, what posture really does for you. I'm sorry, I just can't help it. It just happens. You know, uh, I'm probably going to be, when I get, a you know, Lord willing, if I get old enough, I'm probably going to resemble Quasimodo a little bit. You know, I'm going to have that for those of you that don't know, that's the hunchback of Notre Dame, okay? So that's, that's who Quasimodo is. Um, but the posture here I'm talking about is not of your physical posture, right? It's of your spiritual posture in your heart. It's your attitude, how you approach your faith and daily activity. Paul uses an interesting word to start here, and it's that word of dwell. The definition of dwell means to remain for a time, to live as a resident to exist. We, we need to have that posture in our daily lives to be able to receive Christ through our interactions, that he is welcome in our activities, that he can exist within our choices. How do we go about doing that? Well, Paul says here, through faith. Faith is the driving force that allows for Christ to become welcome in our hearts and lives, faith provides the opportunity for others to see what Christ means to you. Faith also comes from hardship. Faith comes from clinging to that last shred of hope when there's nothing left. Faith is belief that everything's going to be okay when everything's not. Faith is freedom. Faith is belief. Verse 18 and 19. We had power. We had posture. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about passion. 18 says, May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp 
how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, we're going to come back to this verse 18 a little bit because it kind of ties in quite nicely to the ending here. But Paul is, is kind of really writing to show kind of the, the vastness of God here. You know, he talks about, you know, the length and width and depth. It kind of gives um, light to kind of almost the cosmic greatness that Christ is here. Um, but we're going we're to come back to that in a second. So we'll just put that in the back of your brain. So we're going to move on to verse 19. And uh, to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is where our passion is, is shown or put to the test. When you have passion for something, you can't get enough of it. I'm very passionate, obviously, about my wife, as you guys saw earlier, you know, can't get enough of her. My, my children, I'm uh, passionate, obviously, about Jesus, which led me to this church and being on stage today. But a passion of mine that is somewhat of a guilty pleasure, and some of you guys already know this, is, is board games. Uh, or any, any games for that matter. You know, it doesn't really matter. We can, we can play any game, but I just love the mindset of like being able to like think through strategy and, um, uh, and ultimately we play games to win, right? Yeah, obviously. Thank you. Yes. We've got some other competitors. I mean, I'm sorry for everybody out there. There's, there's no such thing as participation trophies. Okay. There's only, there's only winners and losers. All right. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. I'm a coach. So, you know, um, but that competition I love because sometimes it, brings out the best in me, but sometimes it brings out the worst. But um, passion, uh, Paul puts it, we need to uh, be filled to the measure of that. As he says that love surpasses knowledge, we can't begin to understand the amount of love that God has for us. So much so that he sent his only son to die in our place on a cross that he didn't deserve, but did so willingly for each and every one of us. Passion what I find interesting here, he says that we should be filled with that love to the fullness of God. So t- just think about that for a second. We're supposed to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. How's, how, I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, to be honest, how is that possible? How, I'm supposed to be filled with the fullness of God, the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega. How am I supposed to be filled with that? The answer is you're You're not. Your cup may be, you see how, I love how he puts those words there, that you may be filled. Not that you will be, you may be. So there's, there's a choice involved in that. But it says you may be filled. Um, but if you allow your cup to be filled to the fullness of God, then it can't help but overflow. Because if, if you allow that to happen, that fullness of God is going to fill you up. And we are called to, once our cup is filled and it starts to overflow, we're, we're called to pour that back out to others. That's the whole purpose of the fullness of God. And it, it's going to fill us up in, the, in such a way that we can't help but pour out to somebody else. We are not meant to keep the fullness of God to ourselves, but meant to give it out for others. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the grand reveal. The meat and potatoes. The reason we're here in this series, verse 20 and 21. The last thing Paul prays for, and that is perspective. Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is in work is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen that's all I really have to say about that one I can probably just step down right I mean good night that that's a good one right there immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine and we can just stop right there there's nothing else to be said but 
I'd like to give you a little bit of context here just to kind of give you a point of reference of the f- this phrase, immeasurably more. Let me take you down a little bit of a rabbit hole. If you'll agree to be Alice, we can go down the rabbit hole and just see where this thing takes us, okay? Is that okay? All right. When, when prepping for this, um, when preparing for this sermon, I, I just kept reading this verse over and over and over again and just trying to get, get something out. Um, I mean, I got plenty out of it. It was just trying to pick that one, one direction to go with that. But I, just, it, I kept going back to that verse 18. And it, it talks about the, the width and the length and the height and depth that God's love for us is. And it just really made me think of, you know, the, the, the vastness and, the, and the, the space and the cosmics of just how, how great our Lord is. And did a little, started doing a little dil- digging, and I'd like to start by telling you and showing you that, um, you know, when you think about space and, and you know, the, 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 uh, the measurements out there, the, the unit of measurement that we use normally is, um, something called a light year, okay? And so one, um, some of you probably heard of this before. It's essentially the distance that light can travel in a year's time, okay? Got to have a little math to I'm a math teacher. You guys, it's okay. it, you don't, there's not going to be a test on it. All right, you don't have to remember all this, but just try to follow along with me here. So one light year, one light year is equal to 5.8 trillion miles. So that's how, that's how far light you know, all these lights up here, all the light can travel in an entire year. And the reason for that is, you know, the distance is, is really great. As you can see, 5.8 trillion miles. So to be able to measure things, that, that's what scientists have had to do. And uh, as you can see, that's 5.8 trillion with a T, okay? Uh, that's, um, I, I don't think that's really maybe hitting some of you guys, okay? So let's try something else. If, if we were to take, go from the church, if we go from the church to the Golden Gate Bridge and back, that would equal the distance. We would have to do that one trillion times. So if we start here at the church, go to the Golden Gate Bridge and drive back, which would take us 80 hours, just, just to, if you saw that or not. So go to and back. We would have to drive that one over a trillion times just to equal that of a light year. Okay, that didn't do it for you. Okay, how about this? The distance from the moon. Okay, we got the next one here. The distance from the moon, uh, that the earth is from the moon, is uh, 238,855 miles. So when you look up into the night sky, you see the moon. That's how far it is. And so if we were to travel to the moon to equate the distance that a light year is, we would have to do that over 24 million times. 24 million times to equate that distance. That's That's a lot of movement. And if that didn't, if that didn't do it for you, one more here, all right, the distance the earth is from the sun. It's roughly 94.5 million miles because, you know, we're close to July here. 94.5 million miles. And that distance to cover a light year, we would have to travel a total of 62,222 times to reach the amount of time light travels in one year. That means that we would have to go to the sun 170 times a day for a year. 170 times a day for a year. So light years long, okay? Light years long. Um, And if you'll allow me, let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit more. We currently are on planet Earth. Well, most of us are. um, (laughs) Which orbits around the sun, right? And there are other planets which we call the collective uh, uh, solar system, right? So we're inside a solar system. It goes around the sun. um, And we're actually a part of a much larger system, a much larger entity called a galaxy. Does anyone remember what the name of our galaxy is? 
Milky Way. Good job. Good job. All right. So the Milky Way. Um, and scientists believe there are hundreds. That, so this is our galaxy here. This is actually from um, a top, top view. Uh, so this is like an artist's rendering of what um, the Milky Way is. And uh, most of us think, oh, yeah, you know, we're in the center, right? Well, that's where we are. Well, no, we're not always that important, right? We're, we're actually uh, on one of the outer, what they call bands. We're actually between the two because we wouldn't want to be at the center of this galaxy. Uh, galaxy because that would not be good and then we also don't want to be in inside the uh, bands there there's a lot of debris and things that would not be good for us either so we're between two of them uh, so just I don't know, just really shows you you know how insignificant we can be but there's the scientists believe there are hundreds of billions of stars inside the Milky Way so our Sun is just one of those one of those hundreds of billions and that's insane. And so people, so a lot of us have a hard time really rationalizing like how much really is a billion or a trillion for that matter. So even like, you know, someone says like, oh, Elon Musk, he's got, you know, billions of dollars. Like, that's just unfathomable, right? I don't, I couldn't even imagine having that much money. But let's put it into some context and show you that the difference between million, billion, and trillion other than spelling, obviously, right? If we were to guess how long one million seconds if you were to guess, how long is one million seconds? Does anyone have a guess for that? So I heard somebody say something. A million what? Oh, nice, nice, yeah, nice. Anybody have a guess? Brandon, take a guess. How, how long is a million seconds? A year? That's a good guess. It's a good guess. It's actually one million seconds is 12 days. 12 days. I know, I know. You think, you think vastness, right? It's okay. You had to be the one. It's okay. So 1 million seconds is 12 days. Um, so keep that in mind with the next question of, well, how much, how long is 1 billion seconds? So 1 million was 12 um, days. How long do you think a billion is? 1,200 days? Okay. Good guess. 60 days? Nice. Good guesses. 35 days? Nice. So 1 million seconds? 12 days, 1 billion seconds is actually equal to 31 years. 31 years. So, yep, here, here in a couple years, I'll actually be turning 1 billion seconds old. Um, so pretty soon that, that, that'll happen. Um, that just right there shows you the difference, you know, a million, billion. Now, the last one here, a, a trillion seconds, and I don't, you guys don't have to guess this one, but 1 trillion seconds is 31,688 years. So that just shows you how much different you know, because that, that, that's trillion, right? That's that uh, 5.8 trillion miles that a light year is. It just shows you how big that really is. And so don't let me lose you with all the math here. Scientists here are able to see, you know, through their technology and stuff, they're able to see that the universe, the very space we live in, is actually constantly expanding. I don't know if you knew that or not. So our universe is actually expanding. And they're able to kind of get, have some sort of calculation that it, they, they figure out that it actually exceeds. It is expanding uh, in an exceeding amount that's faster than the speed of light. Our universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. And what that means is the universe ex is expanding further than 5.8 trillion miles in a year. As a matter of fact, scientists aren't actually able to figure out the exact, they cannot figure out the exact speed at which our universe is expanding. They don't have a clue. They, know, they just know it's faster than the speed of light. And you want to know what that really, you know what that sounds like to me, that the scientists can't figure out how fast our universe is expanding? You know what that sounds like to me? 
That sounds like immeasurably more. Yes, yes, sir. That's immeasurably more right there. The universe is expanding. They can't measure it. That is exactly the same thing that God's love in our lives is as well. His power to work within us, he can do immeasurably more. So you mean to tell me that you don't think God can handle your request? That he can't overcome that circumstance that you're in? So you're, you're going to sit there in your seat and tell me that God is not able to mend that relationship or fix your financial hardship or rid you of that desire, that addiction, that sin you just can't get over? He can't do anything about that? Who is able to do immeasurably more? But what must we do more than all we ask or imagine? We need to ask, allow the power of Christ Allow the power of Christ to give you the posture of your heart that will give you the passion to serve him and the perception to just see how much he is capable of in your life. Power, posture, passion, perception. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in awe and complete amazement at your vastness, and your beauty. That when looking at the night sky, we can see how just intentional you are. As it says that in scripture that you've placed the stars in their location. And just as you have placed every single star in the night sky, you are able to call us each by name. We thank you for Paul and his reminder to the Ephesians that you are able to do immeasurably more in us through Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that if there is anyone in this room who is struggling with their walk today, Lord, that that if they, they, they have a sin they can't get over, that there's just some circumstance in their life that they just see that it, it just seems like a mountain. It seems like insurpassable. It just It's so big to them, Lord, that, that I ask that they realize how great you are and how vast you are, that, that, you, that they can lay it all at your feet, that they let go of the control of their lives and give it to you. You're so worthy of it all, and and yet you still walk with us hand in hand as we go through life, the struggles, the pain, the worry. You're here through it all. All we need to do is, is ask. Abba, I ask you that whoever needed to hear this today, they're able to receive it with joy, that your mercies are fresh every morning, and that they are able to be filled with the fullness of God, that they can understand your love surpasses knowledge. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.